Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, today we'll be talking to Michelle, who is a family nurse practitioner. Currently, she is working at a men's health clinic and also a mobile IV hydration business. She's wanting to start her own practice and is still in the planning stage as she is willing to move to another state that is more independent than California. She's wanting to focus on integrative medicine, where she focuses on a mixture of different types of services. She's needing direction on where to go and what the next step is in terms of starting her own practice. Hey, Michelle, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for hopping on here. So let's jump into this. Bring up speed with where you're at. You know, how long have you been a nurse practitioner for, and uh, you know what kind of things you've been doing? Yeah. So I uh, I graduated last June, so almost a year. I started applying initially for a bunch of different positions, primarily urgent cares and ERs, even though I had said that was exactly where I didn't want to go back to. I had the mindset thinking I needed to get experience, spent a good couple months on many interviews. I was offered many positions, all that required me to move. So I opted out. I've taken a couple local positions that were very low paying that did not work out very quickly because they were just small companies that didn't actually follow through with what they offered. And realizing that I didn't want to work my butt off for 12 hours, never having a break for less money than I was making as a nurse. How about you? So um, it's been a difficult transition and a little discouraging until listening to a lot of your your podcasts and has been very motivational from also working the IV business and really wanting to start something of my own. I've kind of had that in the back of my mind for many years as a, a future goal and well, there's no better time to start planning the future than now. <laughs> uh, yeah. The best time to start a business was yesterday, you know? All right. So you're starting at this men's health clinic. You've been working there for a few weeks, you said, like a few weeks to yeah. a month? Yeah. Okay. So you're still learning the ropes there, I'm assuming? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And 
been the the best position I have found in terms of actually providing training and being supportive and and I'm I am learning a lot and it's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, the uh, men's health is a piece of cake. Men's health, weight loss, IV hydration, like you know, all these niche services are pretty simple to do, pretty low liability, pretty low stress. So men's health in particular is very low drama, pretty easy. But you're also doing some mobile IV hydration too. So you've been working for this company for a while. Yes, I've been an independent contractor for this company for a couple of years as well, starting like right in the middle of COVID when I left the ER again after living out of the country and realizing, oh, nope, I don't want to be back in the ER. And then I went back to school and I found this job, kind of just took a risk, wasn't really sure it was legit because I had to buy all my own stuff out of pocket. And I was like, is this a scam? But it's been a great investment and learning experience. And I love the job and the patients, the people, the connections. But ideally, in the long run, I don't want to be driving around all the time and giving, you know, over 50% of the transactions back to the company with gas these days. It's almost not profitable. Yeah, it's a waste of your time. All right. So you do not want to stay in California, right? Like you're just, it's just so restricted. It's just Difficult to operate a business there, right? It seems to be. I mean, I'm I'm open to doing something online, like, you know, today, tomorrow, if I could stay and start online, if that is an option. I also am open and would like to be able to buy a home, which does not seem feasible here as a single female today. Well, no, not when a three-bedroom house costs a million dollars. Right, exactly. I don't understand. I don't understand how people live there. It just it blows my mind. It's yeah. crowded. So I'm I'm definitely more of a peaceful, like spacious. I like nature, adventure, but I also don't want to go move somewhere where I'm going to be isolated and and uh, never meet anybody. Right, right, right. Yeah, you want the a good balance of both. Yeah, there's plenty of places throughout this country that are like that. You know, that are affordable, a good balance of you know nature, but also people. I mean, there's lots of different places. But yeah, uh, California is probably one of the most difficult states in the country to start a practice, especially for a nurse practitioner. You know, your practice is somewhat restricted, even though some laws are changing. But you know, your practice is still going to be restricted. There's a lot of corporate medical practice laws. California is just a regulatory hellhole, just in general. There's a regulation for everything. There's a rule for everything. And so it's very difficult to do business in California, especially for a small startup. I don't blame you for you know wanting to go somewhere else to operate a business or do a telemedicine practice that's considered outside of California. So you can do that as well. I mean, pretty much any state, you can do a telemedicine practice and essentially operate outside of the state. So like you can form an LLC outside of the state. You can, you know, see patients outside of the state, you know, if you have a license in another state. Like you could basically be out of California while being in California. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. So I could yeah. live here, get my license in Arizona and then and have my LLC and then do weight loss and men's health and consulting or coaching. Whatever you want to do. Right. Whatever. Okay. Right. And you don't have to form a legal entity in California. Like you can skip all their nursing corporation, medical corporation crap and all their regulations. You can skip it. Right. Because you're not doing business in California, you know? 
So, and then if the patients lived in California, could they be my patients in Arizona? If that was only if they're in Arizona. So they have to live in Arizona. Yeah, you can't do that. That's not. Yeah. (laughs) If you have a license in California, technically, yes, you can, but now you're under California law. Right. Okay. Right. So remember with telemedicine, the law that's applicable to you is the law the patient is in and you are licensed in. That's the law that applies to you, not the law of the state that you're sitting in. Okay. I know people who live in like Texas or Georgia or Alabama, like these super restricted state. You know, nurse practitioners probably will never have independence in some of those states. They're just not. The good old boy medical system is not going to give up their power. They're just not going to. They like the easy supervisory dollars, you know? So they're never going to give that up. If they do, it's going to be probably a while before that happens. But anyways, the nurse practitioners in those states, like they have an LLC outside of the state. They have licenses in other states and like all their coworkers and the ER, family practices, whatever, their colleagues, are like under the thumb of a, you know, a supervisory doctor and they're sitting at home practicing independent in a restricted state in other states to be a telemedicine because they have licenses there. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's life-changing really. So yeah. So that can be done. You could do that. That's an option. But like you were saying, the state's expensive. It's an expensive state to live right. in, right? I mean, just a basic house that you can get for $250,000, $300,000 in Tennessee is going to cost you $1.2 million there. It's insanity. And that wouldn't be on the beach either. That's, it's going to be a basic house in a basic neighborhood. Like, it's just insanity. I just don't see how people can afford living there without making $500,000 plus a year. It just, yeah, I don't know. I have, and then have a lot of disposable income to have IVs and <laughs> yeah. That's mind blowing, but you know, it's it's real. Yeah. Anyways, you know, so another option that's going to accelerate your financial independence would be to move. How old are you? 37. 37. You're a year younger than I am. Yeah. We're approaching 40. I know. <laughs> gosh. I know. I'm starting to feel it. Are you? I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting to feel it. Actually, the assistants training me are in there, um, you know, 28, 27. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like my back hurts sometimes when I wake up and knees are starting to hurt. I'm like, geez, what's going on? But anyways, though, like you're in a good position. Like you're at a good age still, like in life to where you can make a lot of significant changes in your life at this age that it ends up becoming more difficult as you get older into your 40s and becomes very, very difficult once you get into your 50s. So if you're going to make a positive change, you know, you probably need to make that change sooner or later, especially from a financial standpoint. So, you know, you being in California is going to significantly delay and restrict your path to financial independence. Like it's just going to, especially for a nurse practitioner. Like there are other fields where you can make a lot of money in California. Like a real estate agent in California just makes an absolute killing. But as a nurse practitioner, unfortunately, you're just not going to make that much working for someone. If you start your own business, you could, but you're still not going to probably make as much when you factor in cost of living as you would somewhere else. Okay. You know, you're at the right age that if you move somewhere else, you can really accelerate your path to financial independence. Like I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now financially if I was living somewhere like California. There's just no way I'd have the savings and the investments that I have. You know, there's just no way. My opinion, I say, get the hell out of there and find somewhere else to live. And uh, that's just my opinion though, okay? Right. No, I know. it's It's been on, I've been, I'm living in a back house that's, you know, primarily furnished. So I really just, I don't have a whole lot. 
of belongings, which is also great. So I do have that freedom, you know, nothing really tying me down. No kids, no husband, no, you know, minimal things and things are things and I don't even need what I have really. I could get in my car and drive away and I'm open to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go, you know, so. Uh... It's just finding like the, you know, the right place to go because I do have a nice situation that honestly, my rent is so low because of a family friend that yeah, I don't but, even know I would find it anywhere else. Yeah, that's temp. That's temporary, though. Right. Exactly. No. Yeah, you can't rely on that long term. Like, I mean, you mentioned you want to buy a house, right? Right. I mean, having your own house, like it's something you can be proud of, and especially like when you own it outright, like once you pay it off, like it just feels different. Like, you know, it's yours. You know, no one can take it away from you, basically. It's a really great feeling to have. I think that uh, number one is that you need to pick an independent state. Don't move from one restricted state to another. Don't do that. There's so many people that I talk with, a lot of nurse practitioners who are moving from an independent state to like Texas. It's just like you do realize what you're doing, right? Like you're giving up your freedom. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. So you got to pick a state that's independent. You can go to the AANP website, just Google AANP independent states. Okay. Okay. I'm saying between Arizona, Wyoming, I know that those are two, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, if you go to that website, there's a nice little map on the AANP website that shows all the independent states. Okay. So yes, Arizona is one of them. The Wyoming is one of them. Yes. And then there's, you know, 20 other ones. The thing is, most of them are out west. So the southeast is too restricted, okay? So you're going to want to avoid the southeast. You're going to want to avoid Texas, Oklahoma. The northeast is fairly independent, okay? Most of New England is independent, all right? So I guess, what things do you like? You like the outdoors. What kind of weather do you like? Well, like I seem to like warm, humid weather, being that I've lived on a lot of islands. So I like the beach. I like the mountains. I like warmer weather over colder weather. Okay. So you don't want to go to Wyoming, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't want to go to Wyoming. Idaho's really nice. Lots of mountains there, but it does get cold. Yeah. Uh, so you got to be aware of that. Yeah. If you want warm, Arizona sounds like a good compromise. Oregon and Washington are pretty nice as well. Have you been up there? I have not. No. Nope. I've traveled more out of country than I have in country. So that would be a um, it's on my list of things to do to to explore to kind of just go on some little road trips or go find maybe little places to see yeah. if I'm living there. There are some beautiful places on the Oregon coast, okay? I mean, absolutely beautiful. Like you have the mountains are right there. The weather is not necessarily warm, but it's temperate. Like it doesn't really get cold, but it doesn't really get hot, you know? So there is that. But Arizona, though, there's no water in Arizona. That's kind of one of the downsides. I mean, there is some water there, but there's really not water there. Like a couple lakes. It's not the beach. It's not even close. Lake Havasu, that's pretty nice. You might like that. Has a beach vibe to it. It's in the desert, super hot. So yeah, I think that maybe you just need to travel around a little bit. But this is my recommendation for when you're going to do a relocation. To minimize your risk, and this is what I did. This is what I recommend to nurse practitioners looking to relocate. Find some places that you like and then try to find a job there. Have them hire you on a part-time or full-time basis, okay? Full-time works too. You can start your own practice and still have a full-time job. I did it. So I have a lot of other people, okay? It's a lot of work, but if this was easy, everyone would be doing it, right? Yes. So get a job. They will likely move you out there, 
Okay, they don't pay for moving expenses and you'll have a base. You'll have that kind of financial security net moving to a new location and then you can start that business on the side and then grow it from there. That's what I did. I went from a restricted state to an independent state. I got a job. They paid for my move, a sign-on bonus. It was very, very lucrative, okay? And then I started my own practice and yeah, it was the best move I've ever made in my entire life. I wouldn't be here talking to you today if I didn't make that move. There's no way. I would have been still stuck in that same mindset of living in a restricted state. That one move literally changed my life and changed the life of thousands of other people because I've been helping them start their own practices, right? So it's crazy what one decision can do in your life. You know what I mean? And the thing is, a lot of these Western states, you know, Arizona, Nevada, Oregon, and things like that, you can actually find a decent job that'll actually move you there because they see nurse practitioners as more of an important individual in the healthcare system compared to restricted states. And I, in a way I have kind of been doing that. I've been searching like every night I do search for different jobs. I did even actually have an interview several months back now at a ketamine clinic in Oregon and they were going to offer to move me and pay was, you know, it was okay, but it was just strange. They didn't really know what my role would be. So that's what I'm finding if a a lot of these places, even in California, they are more business owners and they don't really know a role of, or they don't know anything medical. And I don't know much about ketamine and I I still don't know a ton about it, but they were just like, well, yeah, you would just kind of watch the nurses are going to give it and you will just be monitoring the patients. And if anyone has a hypertensive crisis, manage that. And I was like, oh, I didn't know ketamine. (sighs) people into hypertensive crisis. But so I, you know, I also want to be mindful and not getting myself into anything that is troublesome per se. I mean, don't take a job like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shady jobs out there. I mean, there really are. I mean, there's a lot of sharks out there that will take advantage of a nurse practitioner. They don't care about your license. They don't care. They will utilize you and chew you up and spit you out. They, they don't care. These are, these are called corporate healthcare thugs, right? <laughs> There's lots of them out there. Not necessarily corporate, just thug business owners. Like they're just not good people. So, so yeah, you got to be careful. But like, I mean, you can find a job at a reasonable place, like an urgent care or an ER or something. I mean, those kinds of jobs work great for business startups because, you know, they usually have like shift work. It's like usually a 12 hour shift or something like that. So like it works perfect. So like you work in the ER, you work in urgent care, for example, you could do three twelves and now you got four days to work on your business, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I like those kind of jobs versus uh, more of a Monday through Friday, nine to five kind of thing. Cause then it makes it a little bit more difficult finding the time to start your business. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Do you suggest if in the meantime, like while I'm looking for another place to live and a job mm-hmm. and another place to move to starting something online, telemed while I'm here? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, you can go ahead and get started, right? I mean, get your feet wet. You know, I think that's probably a good idea. That way you have some sort of base, a business base, right? You know, maybe generating some money and you're getting some experience and that kind of a thing. Like, you know, your first business is one hell of a learning experience. Like you're just going to learn so much by doing it. Like, you know, we can teach you only so much in a course. There's no education for actually doing it. You know what I mean? So- even starting a telemedicine business, you're going to get a tremendous amount of that experience that you need to grow a business. So I think that's a good idea if you wanted to. You know, weight loss, men's health, 
coaching, you know, what, basically whatever it is that you wanted to do. I know you mentioned right before we started recording that you were kind of the, into integrated medicine. So maybe something like that. Yes. And actually, I'm, I'm also, that's the thing is I keep signing up and, and on to the next thing. I am doing an integrative psychiatry fellowship, which is online. It's based in Colorado thinking that I will incorporate that into some kind of coaching. I'm obviously drawn to that because I keep wanting to learn it, not only for myself, but I think it's just great for relationships of all kinds and whether it's friends, family, business, patients, all aspects. So that's another like financial commitment that I have taken on along with time, which is kind of, you know, and then signing up for courses with you, not that they expire or anything, but that's where like my mind yeah. and I'm have my hands in a lot of different areas and it's like, okay. So what you're telling me is that you have the problem that a lot of other nurse practitioners do. You're bouncing all over the place. <laughs> yeah. 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 This tends to be super common amongst nurse practitioners for some reason. I don't know why, but it's a pretty common feature amongst business owners and entrepreneurs in general. It's just kind of how people's minds are wired. You know, you get shiny object syndrome pretty easy, right? Like, mm -hmm. ooh, shiny object, squirrel, you know, that kind of thing. I think that you really, really need to focus in on one or two things. I'm not going to say you're never going to be able to, but it's going to be very difficult to succeed by not focusing on one or two things. If you're focusing on too many things, it spreads your mind, it spreads your energy out. You can only build one bridge at a time. You can't build multiple bridges at one time or the bridges will never get finished. You'll never cross the river because you're spending your time building a half-ass build one. It's not done yet and you go on to build another one. Like You got to complete the bridge before you can move on to the next one. Really, really keep that in mind. You really, really got to focus. It sounds like integrative medicine, more of these niche services seem to be kind of attractive to you. So you know, what is it that you would like to focus on? Like- I guess what would bring you motivation, bring you joy? I think more of the of the coaching and like some of the ideas, I think, and even like talking with the men now doing the men's health, I was so focused or I had done that women's empowerment coaching a few years back now. It's like, well, everybody needs it, whether they think they do or not. Well, when uh, you say coaching, though, what do you mean? What are you coaching on? There's a there's a that's lot, true. Right. Like what, like, what does that mean? Well, I think a lot of a lot of things come down to the way that we're thinking in our minds. So whatever one's goals would be, if it's whatever problem somebody has that's like either they can't reach their weight loss or they can't, you know, relationship problems or whatever, even health issues, I do believe that it comes down to a lot of things that people aren't aware of with the way that they're thinking to the choices that they're making consciously, unconsciously their diet, their sleep, their stress. I'm guilty of all of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, we all are. And we just don't, a lot of us are not aware of it um, and how it's impacting everything that we do and the choices that we're making. And you don't necessarily need a license to do this. Right. But you have the medical training behind you to make you more of an expert in it. That's the difference between you and just some average Joe Blow health coach. Yeah. If you wanted to go that route, it doesn't even matter where you live. It doesn't matter what licenses you have. Like you can just do it. Okay. Um, and so like my thought was this might be too much, but like now that I've been doing the men's health thinking, oh, I could integrate women's and men's health like hormones together along with coaching, like him and hers hormonal balance or something new, something different. That's a niche because I've had several men asking like, 
their wives come in with the man and they like, oh, I can get weight loss here. We're like, yeah, you can. They're like, oh, we thought it was a men's health only. And it's like, well, it is a men's health, but we can also see you and, you know, give you the semaglutide. So I think that it would be something people would be open to. Well, of course they would. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just a wellness practice, basically, you know, where you're providing hormone replacement therapy, weight loss services to both sexes. Like, there's right. nothing. There's nothing unique about that, though. Like, there's just not. I mean, there's probably four of those within a 30 minute drive from your house. There's just you know, of, like marketing it in a different way of like right. So if you just, more integrative of like of an approach of therapy along with it, I guess. Right. Yeah. The coaching aspect to it. Yes. So if you want to do that, then you do have to have a license because then you have to wear labs. You have to prescribe the hormones and that kind of thing. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But- Okay. So it really depends on what you want to do here. If you do coaching, then you don't really need a license. You can do whatever you want. Okay. You walk a very fine line as a licensed individual though. Do you have our coaching course? Did you take that one? You know, I don't think I have. Okay. Well, if you're going to do coaching, that that course will walk you through it. It doesn't, I mean, it goes over the coaching process, but what it goes over is how to market yourself and how to build that following. That is the most critical component of a coaching business. It doesn't matter how good of a coach you think you are or your clients think you are, okay? That don't mean a damn thing at the end of the day if no one knows about you, okay? So that's what I'm saying about building an audience, becoming an expert in a specific niche, building an audience and marketing it, like have a following. Like that's how you build a coaching business. That's the critical component of it, all right? And that's what I talk about a lot in that course. It's what a big chunk of that course is. So that's a really, really important thing. So that would be like, Building a website, a YouTube channel, TikTok, whatever, recording videos, writing articles, like you build a following, okay? okay? That's how you build that. And then you charge for coaching sessions because people are like, okay, she knows what she's talking about. I jive with her. I can relate. She relates to me. I want to book an appointment with her. That's how that works. Just starting a coaching business, putting a website up and putting some ads up, you know, that can work, but it's not going to work as well. Like it's going to be very, very slow. Right. And then one-on-one coaching in general, once you have a following, seems like a lot of, that is not a way to build passive income. It's not passive. Right. Exactly. You're required to see people. That's the problem with it. Yeah. That's the problem with being a nurse practitioner in general, like especially if you're self-employed, right? Okay. So there's a big difference between being self-employed and being an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur has businesses that work for them, all right? Being self-employed, you're working for your business. You have to see patients to make money, to generate income. You're self-employed. You're employed by your own business. An entrepreneur leverages their business or businesses to work for them so they don't have to work and see people, see patients, see clients do the actual work. They leverage other people to do the work for them. Big difference. Yeah. Huge difference. Huge difference. Okay. So- you got to remember that. Like, what do you want to be? You want to be self-employed? You want to be a self-employed nurse practitioner who owns your own clinic or coaching business and you spend your time seeing patients and seeing clients and doing all that kind of thing. Like, is that what you want to do? Some people say yes. So that's what some people want to do. They enjoy it. They enjoy the entire process. Like, doesn't feel like work to them. Or do you want to build a business that, you know, you can go sit on the beach or you can take a vacation and you're still making money? Like- That is actually exactly what I would like to do and like part-time doing coaching because I do enjoy it, but not to like be, you know, doing it where I'm burnt out of it and I just hate people. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I wouldn't mind living in half my time in another country, maybe perhaps. Yeah, sure. Having, sure. A, having a home there and then part time in an area that does get cold because, you know. So listen, you're talking about a little bit more of a complicated business here, okay? You're basically talking about having some sort of passive element to it, but also a partially active element to it. So you're seeing clients, et cetera, but you have other people making money for you. You have a product that sells and makes money for you. So for example, my men's health clinic, I still see patients. I only see patients four to six hours a week. That's it. Some weeks it's less than that. It's never more than that though, right? But I make money every single day because I have multiple medical assistants that are there answering phone calls, taking payments, doing prescription refills, all that kind of stuff, okay? I have multiple nurse practitioners working for me. They see patients, I make money, but I'm still involved and I still have my own patient base, okay? So there's that model. And then the other model is, is that you have a product that sells itself while you're also providing a service and building services or products. And so that would be like, if you wanted a coaching business and you created a curriculum or a class or a course or whatever that you sold to your clients, you know, that would work. Or a book that you write and you sell as a passive income or podcasts that have commercials in it. Like there's multiple other ways to build a passive income. It's by either selling a product or a service that doesn't really require your direct involvement or having a business that has employees that make money for you. Make oh, sense? Yeah. Yeah. It does. Right. Best if you have both. That usually requires two different businesses though. Okay. Yeah. There are two different models. They can be combined, but anyways, I don't want to confuse you here. So I think what your best bet here would be is that if you want to truly prescribe hormone replacement therapy, weight loss meds, and that kind of a thing to someone, you have to use your license. You have to have licensed individuals doing that, right? Which okay. brings all the regulations surrounding that. But you can have people work for you and you make money through their work. All right. Coaching, you could do that if you build a very large coaching business. You're the face of it, but you have coaches working underneath you. But the problem with that is that most people want to talk to the main person, which would be you. So that could be somewhat difficult, but you could combine both of these to where maybe you provide coaching services. You talk them through the other issues affecting their life, but then you have someone on the back end who's doing the medicine. For you. Mm, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. So what you could do is you could be the hormone coach, whatever you want to call it. You talk to people about all the other issues that surround hormone deficiencies, optimal wellness, getting your mind in the right place, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can do all that. You build the YouTube channel, the TikTok, the articles, like you become the face of the business. And then you have agreements or a little other business or a service inside that business that provides the telemedicine hormone replacement therapy for them. Got it. Okay. Or, right. You could do something like that. That would be partially passive income. You're going to get passive income from other people's work, but you're still going to have to work a little bit seeing patients, creating content, that kind of thing. Now, in terms of like the hormonal, like your men's health, you have an actual clinic. Like you can't do men's health telemed. You need to have a building. For men's health? Yeah. Like, the, like men's, women's health, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if you want a physical presence, you know, in a, in a, you know, in a regional area or a local area. Yeah. I mean, you could do it a hundred percent telemedicine, but there's just the laws surrounding telemedicine and controlled substances and stuff are ever evolving. And so a lot of people like a local watering hole. They like a place they can go. You know, right. the hybrid model works best in my opinion, a mixture of in-person and telemed. That's the best model in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Because you're hitting both markets, you know, and 
you have that physical location. It just makes it easier for people to find you. It just does. Give some like comfort as well that they know who they're they're working with and it right. a trusting relationship. Absolutely. They can see you. They can see you eye to eye. They can shake your hand, you know? A lot of people still put a lot of fear into that. Yeah. So, yeah. Very true. I think you're just going to have to really think this through. I think you just really, really need to focus. Don't get the shiny object syndrome. Like if the coaching about lifestyle and whatnot mixed in with hormone replacement therapy, if like if that sounds like something that you would really like to do, that is what you need to focus on. And you cannot get detoured by other things because if you do, you'll never finish building that bridge. It's just not going to happen. Okay. And, you know, another thing to think about too is that if you're willing to relocate somewhere, and I think you probably should, is that, you know, just doing some basic market research, just pull up Google Maps and start looking at cities that you're interested in and just see, see what there isn't there, you know? Like, don't necessarily enter a competitive market providing what everyone else is providing. That's stupid. It's a recipe for failure. But instead, get into that market and see what they don't have. And if they don't have it, deliver that need. Even if it's something that you might not necessarily be passionate about, who cares? It's still going to build a profitable business that you can end up leveraging to someone else. Exactly. I you love know? it. So yeah, I think you just I think you just really got to go to the drawing board here and really figure out what it is that you want. And then we can do a follow-up podcast or something. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I know. The story of my life is figuring out what I want. <laughs> yeah. If it's that passive income stream that you want, you just got to accept the fact that you're going to have to leverage other people's work probably. Okay. Okay. You can't really start building other passive income streams easily, like real estate, rental real estate, and dividend income from uh, investing in various stocks and bonds and that kind of stuff. You can't really do that stuff unless you have some money to use to invest in it. Okay. So you have to find that income source. That's a critical component. Once you find that income source, that's when you can start investing in other passive income streams. But you got to get that income source first, and that's the business. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And that's where I've been scattered and not sure. I'm like, are any of my ideas even something that makes sense? Is Or, you know, am I working towards something that isn't even possible? Oh, I think a coaching hybrid business like that's completely possible. Okay. And it works. I mean, there are people that are doing that. Not a lot of people, but there are people that are doing it and they're succeeding. As nurse practitioners? Uh, that and there's doctors and there's chiropractors. There's quite a few of those businesses. There's just not very many of them. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're out there. There's just not a lot of them though. And so the critical component is building that audience and then offering a service that you can leverage other people basically. Like that's what you really got to come down and figure out. Okay. Any Wait. other questions? I don't think so. No, you've been, you've been a great help and I appreciate all that you do. You're awesome and inspiring and just like all the other nurse practitioners say, we're very grateful <laughs> that you have done what you've done and that you do what you do. So thank yeah. you. No, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to help you guys out. It really is. I love uh, seeing people change their life. I mean, it's, it's great, you know? So, but, uh, you know, you've listened to these episodes before. So I like to end the episode with you asking me a question. Do you have any personal questions or anything, curiosities? Do you mind me asking which state that you live in? Uh, I like to keep that kind of private. Okay, yeah, no yeah, problem. Yeah, okay. I just don't. Okay. Yeah, I like Are to try. Are you hiring at your men's health clinic? Experienced. <laughs> Actually, probably going to be here very, very soon, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not trying to stop seeing patients, but I'm trying to stop seeing new patients and just kind of just work with my current patient census. 
And so I just hired another nurse practitioner. Once we fill her up, I will be needing someone else. So I got your email. Okay, great. (laughs) And that was going to be my next question to follow was, what is your long-term? Complete financial independence by 40. So I got two more years. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just to be completely just fully financially independent. Like I've been, I've been working my ass off the past five or six years and just I've paid all my debts off. I've been saving my money. I've been investing my money. I've started businesses. I've sold businesses. Like I'm just really just building that up so that, you know, I have a large enough nest egg to live off of, basically. Like just live off the interest, live off the dividends. I mean, that's that's my goal. And then being able to do just whatever the hell I want. Like truly having that FU money. (laughs) And then what do you want to do? Or do you have an idea? Ah, you know. That's the question, right? It's a good problem to have. Like I hear this problem a lot. So there's a lot of like financial independence, financial freedom podcasts and and like a problem that happens with people that retire early or become financially independent early is like they don't know what to do. Like they lose that focus, right? They sell their business or they retire and they're just like, okay, now what the hell do I do, right? Because they've been working for five to 10 years, 20 years hustling and that's kind of become their life, right? And so how do you- Your identity, exactly. So then what do you do, right? And so I've been thinking this a lot. And so I think I'm just going to like raise my son, lots of outdoor activities, hiking, golf, maybe try to be like a golf coach on his elementary or middle school team or whatever. And uh, I'm kind of like a little amateur archaeologist in a way. So I thought maybe like creating like some sort of exploration archaeology company or something and go out and yeah, yeah, go out digging holes, looking for treasure, basically like, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, just kind of up in the air, you know, but interesting yeah. question though. Yeah. I've had that question asked before. So appreciate cool. that. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely. Well, cool. Listen, think this through, email me, you know, if you have any questions or thoughts on it and then let's do another call, you know, in a month or two and let's kind of make this like a little ongoing series possibly, you know, helping, helping Michelle figure out what she's doing. I think it'd be okay. kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I appreciate your time and again, everything that you do. All right. You're welcome. Take care. All right. You too. Awesome. Bye. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode with Michelle. Pretty interesting episode. You know, like she's still really in that planning stage, that startup stage. Like she kind of knows what she wants to do, but she kind of doesn't know what she wants to do. Like, you know, this is kind of the part of starting a practice up. Like it can be overwhelming. It can cause overload paralysis. Like you just get overloaded with ideas. The only way you can break out of that is pick something and go. Like just pick something, focus in on it and get going. That's how you break out of that, okay? So that's what she needs to do. She really needs to sit down and figure out what it is that she wants to do and focus in on it. You know, a coaching, HRT, practice hybrid kind of thing. I think that would work. You know, I think she would do well with that. And also, you know, relocating. I mean, she is in one of the most expensive areas in the country, and I just don't see how you can get ahead financially living somewhere that it's just that expensive, such a high cost of living area. You know, if you're living in a very high cost of living area, you really need to consider getting out if you can, if your goal is financial independence, because it's going to severely slow your journey down. So she has quite a few things on her plate, and I look forward to uh, hopefully do another call with her. Anyways, hope everyone enjoys this episode. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer, the content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content in this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2023 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced without our written permission.